Welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched and we'll be talking about The Muppets. Jan, do you want to tell us a bit about this movie? Absolutely. The Muppets is a 2011 film, not to be confused with The Muppet Movie, which came out in 1979. The Muppets stars Jason Segel, Amy Adams, Chris Cooper, and Rashida Jones as human actors. And then the voice actors for The Muppets, Steve Whitmore, Eric Jacobson, and Dave Goltz, as well as a few others. There are also lots of cameos in this movie. Mm-hmm. It was... Directed by James Bobbin, uh, written by Jason Siegel and Nicholas Stoller. It features music by Christoph Beck and Brett McKenzie. Mm-hmm. And it is a Muppet movie. Will you tell us the plot of a Muppet movie? Paul? Wait, no. Will you tell us the, mo- the plot of The Muppets? <laughs> not the Muppet movie. <laughs> I could tell you the plot of The Muppet movie, but it might be confusing because that's not the movie we watched. Brothers Walter and Gary live in small town yep small usa walter is made of felt i don't know if his nose comes off gary is made of flesh <laughs> and that sounds really gross when i said it <laughs> and both <laughs> sorry keep going and both love the muppets gary and his longtime girlfriend, Mary, travel to Los Angeles, bringing Walter with them to see the Muppet Studios, only to discover that the Muppets aren't famous anymore and no one cares about them, and their studio is about to be sold to the evil Tex Richmond, who will demolish it to dig for oil under the studio. Walter is inspired to find Kermit and reunite the Muppets to put on one last show to raise the money to rebuy the studio. It is not successful. But they... Tex Richmond gets brain damage and gives them the studio back anyway during the credit montage. <laughs> well, it's successful in that they become famous again. They become famous again and they rediscover each other, which is all good. That's the story of the Muppets. Sort of? Sort yes. Of. And there's lots of fun musical numbers in there. And there's lots of musical numbers. Um, let's start, as we usually do, by talking objectively, as objectively as we are capable of, about how good of a movie The Muppets is. Now, we, we should say, before we really get into it, that popular opinion about the Muppets is divided. People tend to really either like the Muppets as a concept or not. Yep. Um, We're on record, both of us, really liking Muppets. Yeah, as we talked about in our Muppets from Space movie uh, podcast. And in our Muppet Christmas Carol podcast. Right. I'd forgotten we did that one too. This is our third Muppet. This is our third Muppets. Um, So we should, like, keeping that in mind... Just as a movie, how good of a movie is The Muppets, do you think? I think it's excellent. I'm on record with saying it's the either second or third best Muppet movie. <laughs> I can't quite decide, mm-hmm. but I think second best to me. What makes it good is the songs 
are excellent and catchy and well done. The plot is fun and funny and good and the writing is good. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are well, you say? let's just take those one at a time. Yeah. Right. Well, um, I'm just saying like, okay. The songs Go. and the writing are both are one and the same to me too. That they're both, they're both well-written. It's a well-written movie. See, I think to start, I think the music is an excellent place to start. Mm-hmm. This is Brett McKenzie. My, Brett McKenzie and Christoph Beck and like, I'm going to rant about, I'm going to rave about Brett McKenzie in a second. But before I do, like Christoph Beck did the score on Buffy, but also he was the music behind Pitch Perfect. And Frozen. And Frozen. So like, he has some chops going in. You see that name and you have high expectations for the music. Absolutely. The music of the Muppets is very recognizably, though, it has Brett McKenzie's stamp on it. It sounds like Flight of the Concords, a yep. lot of the music. Um, and it's really, really excellently written songs. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Very... Uh, he can really turn a phrase. He certainly can. I mean, the musically, it's very good. Very good. But lyrically is where it shines the most, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I have some nitpicks about the songs. Hmm. One particular nitpick that bothers me very, very much that I think Brett McKenzie uh, is better than this, which is in the opening song, Life's a Happy Song, where Mary has her line that says, everything's great, everything's grand, except Gary's always off with his friend. But no, Walter isn't his friend. He's his brother. Friend is just there because it's a rhyme with grand. It's a bad line. Yeah, I agree. That misrepresents the whole story. Yeah. Other than that, though, <laughs> the songs are pretty stellar. Yeah, that's a very small nitpick in a very <laughs> good movie. My other really nitpick about the songs is that the version that we watched had some one of the songs truncated, and it made me sad. Yeah, that was a bit weird. We watched, uh, we rented it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting a DVD and Tex Richmond's song, yeah, it was half the length, maybe even a third of the length it was, and had like karaoke, like uh, subtitles with a bouncing ball over it that yeah. that definitely wasn't in the original. And it miss it was missing the part where he sings about his backstory and how he doesn't know how to laugh and that's why he hates the Muppets. Yeah. Which, honestly, I don't know if that's necessary plot wise, but it's... You know, it certainly gives him motivation. It, it kind of gives the villain some like, oh, this is why the villain actually did this. He is not just a jerk. And they cut out my favorite line of that song, which is when Tex Richman says, I've got so much gold, I gold plate my gold. I even got a guy to gold plate my cat. I don't regret much, but I do regret that. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good line and such a Brett McKenzie line. Yeah, so, Absolutely. In terms of the quality of the movie and the quality of the songs, like uh, Muppet Christmas Carol famously cut out one of the songs on re-release and we were behind that choice. I don't know why they cut out part of this song. Mm-hmm. I think it is a worse movie because those are slightly worse movie because that song is shortened. Yeah. But that just happens to be the version we watched. I think most of the time you're going to watch it with the whole thing. I don't know. When I looked it up on YouTube, uh, just like Tex Richmond's song, uh, 
all the clips I saw were the version, and I guess YouTube is the one who rented us the version with it shortened, but uh, the only one I could find with the whole song was like VHS taped off of someone's TV. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. In any case, music, A plus fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. Just objectively excellent music. Absolutely. How about uh, performances? How do you think all the performers are doing in this movie? I think Jason Segel and Amy Adams are doing so good. The Muppet performers are just as good as they always are. Mm-hmm. But the, definitely the human actors, I felt like, were quite good. Specifically those two. I agree. I, like, Amy Adams uh, may be one of the most charming humans. Mm-hmm. I, like, really, really liked her in this movie. Yeah. And in every movie, always, except Batman versus Superman, <laughs> where she wasn't good enough to save that movie. But that's a whole different podcast. Not a different podcast, because we're never going to talk about it. That's a whole different conversation. She was great in this movie. I love her always. <laughs> <laughs> um, her performance was really good. We'll talk... I think, about her character yes. in another context. But in terms of performance, she was great as an actor, as a singer. She had her dance numbers were great. Jason Siegel, I feel like you can tell he can kind of barely contain how happy he is to be in a Muppet movie. I know. Like, he made this movie. He was the, one of the writers and one of the, like, and I think a producer as well. And he was, like, the driving force behind, yeah. I love the Muppets and want them to have another movie. And so his, like, just his infectious enthusiasm is just so apparent in this movie that he is over the moon to be in a Muppet movie. I absolutely agree. And that works in a movie like this that's so optimistic and joyful. Yeah. In another movie that might not work as well, but the, that's the core of the Muppets is this optimism and joy. So, speaking of Jason Siegel as the writer of this movie, you said this was a really well-written movie. Ah, I'm going to dispute you on that. Hmm. I think the script is great. It has a lot of great lines, a lot of great moments. The general plot is good. Ah, basically... A lot of the moments where they, you know, just turn to the camera and are like, well, we're going to skip this plot moment, you know, mm-hmm. work very well for this movie. Thematically, in terms of the writing, I don't think this movie hangs together as well as it should. Hmm. Watching it this time, especially. Like, what is this movie about? Because we have the Muppets aren't famous anymore and they're going to become famous again. We look return to the spotlight. We have this nostalgic that works on me beautifully, but like all these callbacks to the first Muppet movie. Um, we have Walter and Gary and their relationship and discovering who you really are. And am I a man or am I a Muppet? That's a fantastic song, but does it have anything to do with the themes of the movie so far? Not really. Mm, yeah, you may be right. It's kind of out of nowhere. Jason, like, Gary has to decide if he's a man or a Muppet. That just leads into a great song that doesn't really make sense with the movie. Hmm. And, uh, he, you know, he decides at the end, he's decided that he wants to be a man, not a Muppet. That's 
thematically at odds with a lot of the rest of the movie. We have the like the Muppets represent optimism and the Moopets are today's a hard, a cynical, hard. The Muppets are a hard, cynical act for a hard, cynical world. That's also yet another theme that isn't really the other two themes. It's a different idea you're bringing in and muddying things further. Hmm. Right? Yeah, you may be right. There's just like several different things about what this movie is about. Kind of statements of theme mm-hmm. that are not coherent. Yeah, they don't really have anything to do with each other. And like there's the environmentalism theme of like the Tex Richmond wants to go and drill for oil instead of preserving history. Yeah. And like, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. It doesn't. And like the best theme, honestly The Muppets regaining, like, they have drifted apart and finding themselves again and rediscovering that they're a family. Like, that's the best theme. But it's not, it could have been, but isn't connected to Walter and Gary's story at all. Hmm. Right? I think it is a little bit. How? Because it's a little bit of how Gary is, I mean, uh, Walter is discovering his heroes and discovering he can be part of his heroes. And they're joining their stories joining together what does that have to do with gary and mary though that i i think does lift out and so it has to do with walter's story walter's story connects but but walter and gary's story yeah as brothers which is where we start the movie yeah you may be right it doesn't quite hold together right Stop making me not like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Stop taking it so seriously, Paul. Well, let's move then from an objective judgment to how much you actually enjoy the movie. And I'm going to step in first and (laughs) say, despite my finding fault with the writing, I still love this movie. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, what overcomes all these uh, kind of incoherent writing in the plot is the enormous amount of heart mm-hmm. and that you talked about jason siegel's performance but it comes across in the writing too like this is a movie that absolutely loves what it's doing loves the history that it's based on like it's more than i said nostalgia but it's more than nostalgia it's like a love letter to it's the moments. like yeah if you as a viewer have any affection at all for muppets this movie, like, taps into every bit of it. Mm-hmm. Anything you've ever loved about the Muppets, it's going to do, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I don't mind that the plot, that the themes are met muddy because it has so much heart and it is so uh, charming and it is funny, quite funny at times. I'm on record saying the parts I love most about movies are the parts that make me feel things. Mm-hmm. So the the humor, quite funny. It really made me laugh, actually. But the part I love best are the parts where it's trading on all the emotional weight of every emotional moment in every Muppet movie ever. And I yeah. think successfully. Mm-hmm. How about you? How do you like this movie? So much. Like <laughs> I said... It's my second favorite after The Muppet Christmas Carol because of trading on all that, all that affection that I already had, all that love that I already had, and 
adding these songs that I just adore and can sing along with. And then like all the meta funny moments that are just true to the soul of the Muffets that like, they know that they're a show. They know that this is a movie. They comment directly to the camera. They have uh, all these like, is this always this line with the Muppets between for kids and for adults? Yep. And so you have something that kids can really enjoy, but then you have them singing this barbershop quartet singing Smells Like Teen Spirit. (laughs) And it's great because, you know, when I would watch The Muppet Show as a kid, it was, it was in reruns because I was too, it was too long ago Mm -hmm. for me to watch it live. So it was all in reruns from the late seventies, early eighties. And it was celebrities that I didn't really know and jokes that I didn't fully get. <laughs> and now I get why it's hilarious to have the Muppets singing Teen Spirit and uh, CeeLo Green. Yep. And those chickens crack me up like way too much, but I just love them so much singing <laughs> I CeeLo noticed Green. on this watch, as I'd never noticed before, that like the Muppets uh, p- tribute band are all Muppet, are all puppets, except for the drummer who is kind of styled like Animal, but is played by Dave Grawl, who... Of Nirvana. Of Nirvana, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, I was so... That tickled me very much. Yeah, exactly. And, like, we talked about performers. We didn't talk about Jack Black. How do you like Jack right. Black in this movie? I mean, he's over the top. He's probably my least favorite of all of them, but it's, he's still pretty funny. Yeah. And the whole, like, person who doesn't want to be there... Stick is pretty funny when it comes to the Muppets. It's a classic, it's a classic. Muppet Show episode with John Cleese. Yeah. Uh, one of the best Muppet sh- episodes of the Muppet Show. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think in terms of quality, he's he's the worst of the human actors. But in terms of like my enjoyment, he's over the top and uh, appropriately so. I, I kind of enjoyed him quite a lot yep. anyway. Yeah, exactly. Do you have a favorite, uh, I know you've said good things about all the songs. Do you have a favorite song if I put you on the spot? Um, in terms of original songs, I think Life's a Happy Song. Yep. That's the one that got stuck in my head the most. That's one I like the most. Yeah. It is but such a good song. Seconded by the me party. <laughs> I love, I'm having a me party. Just because of all the puns and all the like clever you know, there's no one at this party that I don't already know. <laughs> All the clever wordplay. And like watching it this time too, I mentioned uh, Amy Adams dancing. And like she's in the she's in the restaurant and she like gets up and dances around and it is very goofy. Mm-hmm. And she commits yeah. so much to this dance. Yeah. I definitely noticed that too this time of like she had to like just be okay with really dancing by herself. And that's hard. Yeah. It's hard when you have no one else to play off of. Yep. And she, and does, she does it really well. And it's one of the many things I like about Amy Adams as a performer is mm-hmm. she is a performer who commits. Yep. Anything else to say in terms of your enjoyment of the movie? No, I think I've said, all, I mean, I could say a thousand things, I'm sure, but. Do you have any, uh, we didn't do this the way we sometimes do with highlights and lowlights, but that's mm-hmm. okay. In terms of your enjoyment, do you have any, uh, nitpicks or anything you didn't enjoy as much? I don't enjoy the Muppets 
I think no. they're kind of stupid. I don't Me really... Too. Yeah. We'll maybe get into that a little more in the way too seriously, but I don't really enjoy the Muppets. I... But pretty much everything else is good. Mm-hmm. I still, every time I watch anything with the Muppets, I think about when we were in Disney World, in <laughs> Disney World Hollywood Studios, you can go into the Muppet Theater mm-hmm. and there's like a 3D movie. But like when I walked into that Muppet Theater, I wasn't really fully expecting it. And so suddenly I just like looked around and just freaked out because I'm like, I'm in the Muppet Theater right now. Yeah. And I know that it's a fake thing that they made, but like, it's so cool. And you look up at the balcony and there's Statler and Waldorf and like, yep. yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. And so every time I watch it, I'm like, I was there. I was really there. <laughs> I have to say, in the, I also, it would like brought tears to my eyes. But uh, in the context of the Muppets, I want to go back one little second and say, I didn't really enjoy them except for their beginning. Their, when the... Faux Miss Piggy comes back, and then they're ta- that all is too much. Mm-hmm. But when Fozzie Bear is singing uh, Rainbow Connection to like, why are there such great deals on our hotel rooms? Free parking for cars, not RVs, not RVs. Our wedding chapel is twenty-four hours. No marriage certificate is needed. No marriage certificate is needed. We're glad you found it. Pachula Casino. The owners, the Muppets, and me. Cha-cha-cha. That I thought was hilarious. Yes, absolutely. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. So, should we move into the way portion of our show? Yes. Where would you like to start taking this movie way too seriously, Jan? Well, should we just start with the Muppets since we were just talking about sure. them? What are your thoughts about the Muppets? I think they're racial stereotypes that are problematic. Tell me more. Well, I just feel like they are supposed to be like gangster pigs and they're darker skin to then the Miss Piggy pigs that we usually see. Yep. And they're just stereo. There's a stereotype and I don't like, and they're like, they represent all that's bad about the world. Like, Oh no, that's my problem. The fake Miss Piggy who has brown hair instead of blonde and wears a blonde wig. Mm hmm. She, is also uh there's a joke of like you and you you're gonna fight me sister like miss piggy isn't sure if she's female or not and that is part of what makes her evil because she presents improperly female yeah um i don't read her necessarily as a racial stereotype but when fozzy the new fozzy bear comes in and he's got like jewelry around his neck and he's wearing like a toque, but it's a beanie because it's America. And he comes in and like is very, very cliched. Waka waka. You know? Yeah. And it is definitely coded as a racial stereotype. It just is. Yep. Right? Uh, so I agree with you totally. Like they are at, without that, like at, best at most generous 
they're kind of lazy. Yeah. And at worst, they're offensive. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And like, apart from, let's, not apart from because it's not important, but other than the racial stereotype aspect, is there anything else about the Muppets that you want to, that you find problematic? Because I do. Go ahead. What else do you find problematic? Well, it's the line that I said earlier of like a hard cynical act for a hard cynical age. Right? Mm -hmm. There is an, in this movie, despite it having so much heart and so much affection for the Muppets and so much whatever, it has this like kids these days are, uh, it's what they're attempting to represent the Muppets if we're generous enough to say that it's not an overt racial stereotype, it's a generational stereotype. It's like kids with their slang. Mm, Yeah. Apart from the racial stereotype Fozzie Bear, like this is a a very white movie Mm. is another thought. Yes. Right? Like there's... The celebrity cameos include some celebrities of color, like Whoopi Goldberg comes to mind, right. or uh, yeah. yeah, you know, Selena Gomez is, yeah, in it for a hot second. But basically, it's a quite a white movie. Yeah, you're right. It is even like the background dancers. I'm trying to think are mostly white, which is yeah, mostly. One of the in, in Life's a Happy Song, there's a woman, a background dancer, who, like, one of the lines of, like, life's a bunch of flowers, life's a oh, yeah, something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Super white movie. If you have to try that hard. Exactly. <laughs> so that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Especially when the Muppets were designed to be diverse. Yeah, and that was, I mean... Sesame Street especially. Yeah. I think uh, there was a mistake early in Sesame Street that there was more diversity on screen than in than behind the camera. Mm. Yes. Um, no. But that said, like Jim Henson's on record as the reason that the Sesame Street characters are blue and green is so that children will not be able to identify or not identify with them based on their skin color. Yeah. Uh, That was a deliberate choice on Sesame Street. And the Muppets are animals, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I don't know if the Muppet Show made that same deliberate choice, but Sesame Street certainly did. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, let's talk about Amy Adams. I mean, her character, Mary, a bit. I think there's some really positive things. There's a few negative things as well. Mm -hmm. Um, One being like, there's some serious Smurfette principle in this, which could almost also be called the Miss Piggy principle. Yep. And that, like, among the humans, there's one woman. Among the Muppets, there's one woman. There's yep. just Miss Piggy. Was, like, I barely even... Janice of the Electric Teeth, or band, what are they called? Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. That's it. Electric Mayhem. She was in the painting, but I didn't even notice her in any other scenes at yeah, I don't think she all. got a line. Except maybe for sure, like, while a lot of people were talking. Maybe, yeah. Though... I mean, I 
my name is also Janice. So I really <laughs> noticed Janice the Muppet and I did not notice her. <laughs> I have to say Janice the Muppet has always been a pretty minor character. That is also true. But anyway, so yeah, it's, it's Miss Piggy is the Muppet female and uh, Mary is the human female. And there's, I mean, there's the executive played by Rashida Jones. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's pretty Do male. any of those female characters talk to each other? Nope. Um, no. Nope. I don't think Ms. ever. Miss Piggy and, and uh, Amy Adams do not talk to each other. Right. And even Miss Piggy has a secretary played by... <laughs> Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. <laughs> who's reprising her role from Devil Wears Prada. It's yep. kind of beautiful. <laughs> but they don't talk to each other. Nope, they sure don't. Except, actually, she says, there's a man here to see you. Ooh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> wow, that is like just making sure you don't... Past the test. Um, yeah. yeah. But Mary is a character. I got to say, the moment that you meet her, mm-hmm. where she's underneath the car, and she comes out, and she's talking <laughs> mechanic talk. All right, Carlos. Flip the ignition. And that is how you fix a 12-volt starter. <laughs> and it's really unexpected. It's really counter to what she's wearing and what kind of character she is and so it's i really enjoy that that juxtaposition i do too i find it very funny she's in like a 50s dress yeah uh and she's got this like super sunny demeanor like pollyanna-ish demeanor and she's like and that's how you refurbish a six-bolt engine or whatever i i don't know enough about cars to remember what she said Mm -hmm. and the two things in that scene that are not the same joke and are both really funny is the like. Oh, you know what that means. Spring break. Aww. It's okay. We'll be back to studying in two weeks. Yeah! <laughs> and I was like, because she's the best teacher. Like you establish immediately mm-hmm. that how great a teacher she is. How that joke is really funny. Mm-hmm. But. That joke trades on the fact that we don't expect her to be able to fix a car. Yeah. So it's only funny because uh, she's a girl doing a non-girly thing. Hmm. Yeah. Which means that it really uh, is actually reinforcing stereotypes. Because this is a thing that is out of character for her to be doing. Yeah. That's a good call. Right? Yep. And, like, I love it as a moment, but I, I don't think it's a win for her as a, uh, in terms of representation of femininity, mm. of, like, of types of women. Right? Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. Later on in the movie, she saves the day with her, elect- <laughs> her electrician knowledge. Yeah. See, I feel like that's... So that, to me, works a little better. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like she's defying... Stereotypes. I don't think it's necessarily played that much for a joke. It's played for the opposite of what you think, but I don't necessarily think that they're poking fun at it. It's not, she's not the butt of the joke. Maybe not. The situation is kind mm-hmm. of funny, but it's also presented as like, matter of fact, this is what Mary does. This and then is, later on, she saves the day. She's a character whose super competence is the joke. Yes. I have noticed in my own self, 
that they're a character that every time they show up and they're like this, I'm like, I just loved her. She was so great. And they're always female characters who are uh, absolutely optimistic and competent and like always have a sunny smile. I always love those characters. And I... You mean like Leslie Nopes? I mean like Leslie Nopes. Yep. Uh, Mary is a Leslie Nope. And I can't remember who in... Oh, um, I do remember now. It was uh, Officer Hops in mm, right. Zootopia. And a previous character that now I can't remember, but I have said it in the past. And the second or third time I said it, I caught myself and was like, I really, really like it when your female character is always smiling. Mm-hmm. And I notice in myself, that's not necessarily good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. Um, she'd be a lot prettier if she smiled, you know. Mm. It sh- needs to be okay for female characters not to be impossibly optimistic. That's a really good point. Yeah. And so I, in terms of my affection, I absolutely love Mary and Amy Adams's way of playing her. But I think my own enjoyment of it is problematic. Hmm. Because it's yet another, like, I really like women when they are completely positive and never complain about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Also, what is Mary's role in the movie? Yeah, that's exactly it. She's there as, like, Gary's ball and chain, basically. Yeah. Like, the, she's there to be like, hey, how come you're spending time with your brother instead of me? Yeah. She's just a foil. She's Skylar. She's uh, Skylar from Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. She's uh, Laurie from The Walking Dead. In a comedy, not in a horror action or whatever, but it's the same, like... She creates conflict for him so that he can't go and do the things that he wants to do and that the movie wants him to do. Yeah, exactly. And what does she want out of life? To be proposed to. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I agree, that was where my problem with her lies is her one goal is for him to ask her to marry him. And like, if she wants that so bad, propose to him. Mm -hmm. They've been dating for 10 years. Yeah. Also, that's just like crazy to me, but that's just the way I am. It's like. (laughs) We, I was, yeah, we got engaged pretty quick, really. Yeah. Yeah. So she's problematic as a character, I think. And even the song Me Party, that is a great song and a great moment and lots of fun, but is like the, in plot terms, that's about she uh, is acting as if she's happy on her own, but isn't. Hmm. See, I felt like I felt the opposite. I felt like Me Party helps her character because she's finding her finding out that it's okay to be on her own sometimes. I think that like and it gives her the courage to leave and be like, "I'm going to go get what I want," and what I want is to leave uh, Gary right now and go back home because I'm not getting what I want out of life. I think that like Man or a Muppet. It is a really good song that doesn't really fit the movie around it. Yeah, you make a good point. Because she tells him that she went out alone and she was alone and she's going on a walk individually and Mm -hmm. she's not happy about having been alone all day. Yeah, that's a good point. So the song is like, I'm okay by myself, I'm happy by myself, but that's not where she is as a character at that point in the movie. Mm -hmm. 
And likewise, Miss Piggy also sings that song, but that's not where she is as a character. Yeah. I think I would actually have preferred it if they'd changed the movie to catch up with the song rather than change the song to meet where the movie was. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. That if they could have found confidence and being independent women rather than using that as a ploy to get what they wanted from their men. Yeah. Which is both Miss Piggy and uh, Mary. Mary. Like, what does Miss Piggy want? And this is an old Miss Piggy trope. Yeah, all she wants is Kermit. All she wants is Kermit. And that's, like, all she wants at all Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the movie. Yeah. That's a bit, like, Miss Piggy also is just, like... And Miss Piggy has created this whole, like, she's working for Vogue in Paris. and But the minute Kermit is like, hey, maybe don't go back to Paris. She's like, okay, yeah. well, come on. How about Kermit? Why don't you come to Paris with me? Yeah, exactly. Or anything. Like, even do stay, but it should be a more complicated conversation than that. Yeah, exactly. Miss Piggy shouldn't be pushed around. Exactly. <laughs> if there's ever a character who shouldn't be pushed around. It's Miss Piggy. Yeah. Although she has always been lovesick for Kermit. Yeah. And that has never quite been reciprocated. And that's their dynamic and has been always. Yeah, exactly. So. The other one I wanted to talk about from this movie is like, blink and you'll miss it. And I can't honestly can't quite decide how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Because the Muppets always walk this line between adult and children. Mm-hmm. But Jason Siegel is a stoner. He makes a lot of stoner movies. Mm-hmm. And there's a stoner reference twice in this movie. I caught and one of them. What, what are the two? When uh, at the very, very beginning, they're showing, Gar- they're showing Gary and Walter growing up together watching the Muppets. And one when they're like teenagers, Jason Siegel has long hair and he's like, reaching for a brownie yeah looking really stoned and then later and then during life's a happy song there's like a stoner guy on the sidewalk who's i can't remember his line i caught the jason siegel with long hair reaching for a brownie but i i don't i didn't catch the one there in was, life's a he, happy was song. he was like a cheech and chong kind of character okay. in the in the background hmm. and I don't know why it bothered me in a kid, but it just feels like in a kid's movie that's not really appropriate, but it's also like kids would never notice that there, so maybe that's the whole point. And the but, like, yeah, the brownie is like, even adults might not notice. Yeah, it's that, pretty subtle. Yeah, right? Yeah. But the re- that's, that's why it bugs me. Hmm. Because it's so subtle, you only notice it if you know. Right. And it's like Jason Siegel winking at the camera going, look what I can get away with. Yeah. And I don't like that because that kind of defeats the whole thing of like Muppets is supposed to be make these overt jokes that are for adults that kids just don't get. Yeah. Not the subtle, I'm getting away with this joke. Yeah, I agree with that. Thing. That's I why see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's so minor, but it bothers me. <laughs> Anything else that you wanted to cover with the two serious? I mean, this is a thing we've covered before in other movies, but this movie suffers a bit from the uh, 
Walter has his one talent that he discovers and is the greatest of the world at it. Mm, yeah. And we don't even really hear about his whistling before he gets on stage and whistles. He whistles during the the Built This City on Rock and Roll right. montage. Yeah. But that's yeah. That's fairly late in the movie. It is. Um, and like, again, that's not a big deal. And it may be more the me the uh message of the movie may actually be more that his having one amazing talent shows that he's a muppet mm-hmm. rather than everyone has an amazing talent because yeah. gary doesn't have one uh but it's just it's a thing that we see a lot in movies yeah if you look Absolutely. deep inside yourself you'll find your one talent that no one else can do and you can right mm-hmm. that's not true yeah exactly <laughs> that's not how uh excellence works mm-hmm. that's a pretty small deal for me but it is a thing yeah before we leave this movie i want to talk about one more thing about mary that i should have said when in the context of mary which is she spends the whole movie chasing down jason siegel's uh, ch- chasing down gary's proposal uh but i want to give a billion thumbs up to the end scene where he does propose at the end and then she turns to the camera and says manamana yes that's a good point that is a great moment will you marry marry me manamana such a good moment and it's built on us knowing that this is all she wants out of life mhm um which is crummy but it still leads to a pretty good joke of a moment. Yes, that's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah. So is it good? Is it seriously good? I think it's definitely good. Definitely good. <sighs> is it seriously good? I think it's, it's close. <laughs> I think it's seriously flawed. I don't I don't think it is seriously good. No. I want it to be. I wish that it was. But I don't think it is. Yeah. Is it seriously medium or bad? Uh, medium, I would say. I don't. I wouldn't call it bad. I wouldn't push it into bad, but I would push it to medium. I'd say it's seriously medium. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. So there you go. The Muppets, seri- good but seriously medium. If you want to tell us about Muppets, tell us your favorite moment of this movie, tell us why this is a seriously good movie or why this is a bad movie, you can... Do that in many ways. Where we are most active is on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at WTSCast. If you tweet us, we'll tweet back. You can send us an email, waytoseriouslycast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Reddit and Instagram, and those links will be in the show notes. And if you like this show... You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash clockworkscast. And we would be very grateful if you did. Mm-hmm. I've been Paul Moffat. I've been Jan Moffat. And life's a happy song when there's someone by your side to podcast along. Oh, I'm so glad to podcast with you. Me too. There was not enough beaker in this movie, however. Oh, yeah. I do love my beaker, and he was not barely in this movie. There was a little uh, Pepe the Shrimp moment that was pretty hilarious. There was, and he was playing Patrick Swayze from Dirty Dancing, and it was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) 